Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot Z-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Never go wrong with an Andy Vetter song. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer in Ice District, 8th floor, Rogers Place. Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Time for you to uh, to step up. Make the call. Where are the Edmonton Oilers going to finish this year in the Pacific Division? How many wins? How many points? And how many points for Connor McDavid? And who will score more goals? Paul Yarvey, Hyman, and or Nugent Hopkins. So again, I want to know where are the Oilers going to finish in the Pacific? How many points, including wins, are they going to finish with? How many points for Connor McDavid? And who's going to finish with more goals? RH, Paul Yarvey, or Zach Hyman? Texas, and we'll get to some of those responses. Ryan from Pinocchio says, Bob, remember this text? This lineup doesn't have enough grit. You being an old school guy should agree this team will get pushed around. That one comes to us from Ryan and Pinocchio. I don't know how much of that exists anymore especially if they plan on calling the cross-checking penalties. You know, the Oilers do have a deterrent. It's called the power play. And without further ado, we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Last week he was in London. I think he's back in uh, the States this week. The former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he headed Octagon's agency now from the NHL Network. He is our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brian Lawton back with us on Oilers now. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you, Bob? Good. They let you back into the country, did they? They did, without uh, event. Wasn't that a wonderful thing? It was there. an easy trip back from London. just opened up, so it's, uh, it's a crazy place now, but glad to be back in, in North America and in the U.S. at this time. All right. Uh, you've already uh, created a little bit of a you-know-what storm uh, after you said last week that you're uh, – what, what, what was the NHL Network asking you for? Your bold prediction was that the Edmonton Oilers won the Stanley Cup. So that's obviously music to the ears here in oil country. I know David Staples coming up later from the Cult of Hockey wrote about it. Did you hear any? Did you did, did you see that your name was out there a bit after making that prediction? I always get so upset when reporters quote you from a radio interview. But of course, with the reach that your show has, that's what happens. And it, and I feel like it happens a lot in Edmonton. Do I really get upset? No. But I always think it's a little strange. Everybody knows my phone number. Pick up the phone and call me, please. I'll tell you what I think. Do you want us to tweet out the, your phone number to uh, our 40,000 followers that are on our uh, Orders Now account? I think George LaRock offered to do that one time, and I told George we better not. Uh, no, I would prefer if that didn't happen. But in terms of in the media, 
Everybody has my phone number. Call NHL Network. They'll connect you with me in a heartbeat. There you go. I'm always available for people. All right. Uh, how many wins? How many points? Uh, since you've got the orders as a as a bold prediction to win the cup. Uh, first of all, does Edmonton win the Pacific in the regular season, or is Vegas still claim top spot? I have Edmonton, believe it or not, finishing first in the Pacific this year, and. Uh, I got a, a little bit of a glimpse last night outside of the preseason with Vegas, and I like their team a lot. Um, but they're not the same without Flurry. And as you and I have talked about in the past, they're still a little bit light down the middle. Yep. I do like their decor. There's a lot of things I like there, but I do believe that Edmonton will finish ahead of them. After that, it's uh, it's really wide open in the Pacific. It, it could be anyone from Van or Calgary, L.A., to, dare I say, San Jose or Seattle, literally. I, I don't think Anaheim's going to be in the mix, uh, but who knows. But, yes, I do think Edmonton will finish first and Vegas will finish second. I have uh, the Oilers 50 wins and 104 points, which, uh, you know, if you're a 50-win team, you're an elite team in this league, That and I think they can get there uh, during the course of the regular season. To me, they're a different team, uh, and I think that's where I want to kind of go next. Uh, I think we both know... Let me ask you this, and, and, and full disclosure, you're a friend of, of Dave Tippett's. You were the guy that told us that Dave Tippett was on the radar screen for the head coaching job here before anybody else had even mentioned Dave Tippett. Dave was working for Seattle at that time. I think that the Oilers got almost as much as they could have out of the team in the regular season the last two years. A lot of people didn't have them in the playoff mix. They finished second in the division both years. Uh, would you concur with that thought? I would with an asterisk, and I've talked to Dave Tippett about that, and we are very good friends. We're former teammates. Uh, you know, you play with a zillion guys in this game, but there's not that many that you stay really good friends with. Dave Tippett is one of those guys. Uh, I would say, yes, he has absolutely gotten as much as a general manager or a fan base could expect in the regular season. The playoffs, for a variety of different reasons, have not broke their way yet. Uh, I'm not going to disclose some of my conversations I've had with Dave about that stuff, but uh, let's just say the coaching staff is aware of what the mission is this year. And unfortunately, nothing happens until you make the playoffs. So I think they've got to try to knock the ducks down uh, one at a time in a row. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, McDavid, what's realistic for a points total? I mean, you played in a higher scoring time. That's that's a given. Uh, there was a guy named Wayne from the Edmonton operation that had a couple 200-point seasons. Connor had 1.88 points per game last year. I mean, it was ridiculous. I've seen people say he's going to get to the 150 plateau. I think it'd be amazing if he got to 130 points. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm a little bit more bullish than you at 130, but I'm not at 150 this year, that's for sure. I'd be in that 138 to 144 range. Which is still pretty. But I do think he could have another. It's spectacular. I mean, who's kidding who? 144 points, 138 points. Uh, Connor made it look, I wouldn't say easy last year, but he definitely did it efficiently. Can he do that for 82 games? I do think that's going to be more challenging. Um, last year, in a lot of ways, I felt like it, a truncated season almost benefited him. Yep. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't give teams the ability to prepare as much, to rest as much. 
he got in a massive run against a few clubs, as we all saw last year, where he just ate him up. He's going to see more diversity. Uh, he's going to have to handle more different schemes, unfamiliar things for that reason. I think it, it would be very, very difficult to uh, hit that 1.88 mark over an 82-game season, which, you know, just for the record, that's about – 155 points, so I got him coming in under that. Uh, I, I, for me, there's one more factor. It's the Olympics. He's going to fly to China. Uh, they're going to be elevating to play at that time, and I just wonder what happens when some of those guys come back. It's it's a long ways away, and I wonder if it's going to knock the crap out of some of the world's best players. Like, I'm just, you know, it's, I don't know, I could be completely off base here, and maybe we still got miles to go before we sleep, before NHL players actually are officially in China. But I'm factoring that in for why I – and I'm never going to underestimate Connor McDavid, but there's just a lot of things that could potentially be obstacles. And the Olympics and the travel and I don't know how the thing's looking like it's going to set up right now over in China, Brian. I, I wonder whether or not there might be a little bit of a drop-off when guys come back there. Uh, it'll certainly be an X factor. At 24 years old, and Connor will be 25 by then, if my memory is correct. I feel like he's a January birthday. Um, he's in the wheelhouse for the. I always think of the pinnacle of your career. When you're 25, it's not just physical, but it's mental. Now you've been around long enough, particularly when you're a, a high pick, a first pick, whatever, where you've been playing since you were 18. So uh, he can handle it. He can handle the games. The games are super intense for the Olympics, but you do have some games that they're not throwaway games, but they're not at the level as the big ones are. It's the travel that I think is most difficult. It's a disruption of the season that could potentially get him. And if he ends up, you know, in that lower range that I'm predicting, that'll definitely be a big reason why. Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Yessa Pugliarvi. Who scores the most goals of those three? That's a great question. I would say Zach Hyman will, and and uh, Jesse will score the second most, and Ryan will score the third most. Is Ken handling is Ken Holland's handling of the Yessa Pugliarvi the best move or non move that he's made so far during his tenure as general manager? Uh, it certainly was one of them. I mean, I think if you really dissected that situation, if we got Ken on the phone and said, Ken, and these are the things that fans never hear, but did you want to trade this player? I think he would tell you that he probably did, but his wisdom, his experience, I think led him to conclude that for the type of return that he could get, let's just roll the dice a little bit. It's really, there was nothing in it for him to trade him for a lousy return at the time he did. It was as equally good a chance that he would get his feet underneath him, he'd find his game, and he'd at least be a player that could play in the top three lines. He's already exceeded that. I think it's been a brilliant move for Ken. I think he's a humble enough guy that he would tell you sometimes, you know, you got to have a little luck on your side too. I, I felt like at the time when Yessi's name was out there heavy, Edmonton was trying to push a trade. Uh, and yet, I believe that Ken did not get the type of offers that excited him. He sat pat. He has the 
currency to do that with his tenure in this league, and it's been a brilliant move for the club. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know what? The bottom line was Paul Yarby at the time was a depressed asset in the Oilers organization, and I felt that they were going to have to take one back. And I, I remember I, I kept on – I did not want uh, the guy that went from the Rangers to L.A., uh, Elias Anderson. The guy I wanted was Henrik Borgstrom. And as it's turned out, Henrik Borgstrom's looking like he might be a third-line center. Might. Yes, to pull Yarby right now, Brian. He's gone from being a, a really good complimentary player last year at 15 goals in 56 games. That's like a 21-22 goal season. In preseason so far, um, it's not complimentary. Like, he's he's been a bit of a driver for them, even on a line at times with McDavid and Drysaddle. Uh, they had Hyman with McDavid and, and Paul Yarby as well. It's been interesting to watch that he's even taken another gear seemingly here in the preseason. I don't, I don't want to read too much in the preseason, but he's looking like a pretty good player. Uh, he is, and it, it's not uncommon to see that happen for a guy, and yet it's difficult to predict. But the fact of the matter is when I watch him, he's a massive-sized man. And I think maturity-wise, he's getting more comfortable over here with the NHL. I think the changes in the rules are going to help a guy like him. Uh, I believe he's looking around and recognizing that, hey, you know what? It may not have started the way I want it in terms of my play over here. But I'm a pretty damn good player, and I can compete with these guys. And when you see a young player go through that and the light switch kind of turn on, it's really fun to watch. I feel like he's right in the wheelhouse for that right now, and this will be a huge year for him to see if he can really step it up where he is considered, uh, I don't know if I'd say an elite top six forward, but a really solid top six forward this year. I could see the year after him getting to that elite status, though. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Can you ask Brian Lawton uh, his thoughts on the Ethan Bear trade? The texter says, I love Ethan, but I feel like we won that trade. Uh, what are yours and, and Brian's thoughts? I'll defer first to Brian. And there is a guy named Evan Bouchard, as well as Tyson Berry being re-signed, that played a factor in that trade as well, Brian. Yeah, there are a lot of things that played a factor in that game. To be fair to Ethan, uh, it appears he's sliding himself comfortably next to a guy that I think a lot of, of course, in Jacob Slavin. If that's going to be his partner, then, you know, that would be fantastic for him. And I would expect him to run some really good numbers, not offensively, but just as our analytics go on defensemen. Big minutes, uh, solid plus minus. That team is so well structured. I think that's a perfect spot for him. Uh, but I also think it's one of those trades where Edmonton had a little bit of a surplus of a player, particularly because of the signings you just mentioned for Ethan, and had a real need for a guy like Warren Fogle. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't write the final ticket on that one yet. I think it's too early, but I think both teams have a chance to do really well in that trade. I'm surprised that Ethan's at where he's at with Carolina. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I have been surprised that uh, he's been in a, a top-pairing role. It may be exactly what he needs, who knows, um, but I'm going to watch that one very closely, to be honest with you. Well, it looks right now like they're sheltering D'Angelo 5-on-5, five five, and then he's obviously going to replace Hamilton on the power play, so they're going to ease up the minutes for him, and Bear's going to take on maybe the tougher 5v5 five five minutes. Uh, Dave Tippett, Brian, has referred to Evan Bouchard as, quote-unquote, the X-factor on the Oilers. 
You and me have had a lot of discussions over the last calendar year on Evan Bouchard. I would probably disagree with Tip, not in terms of that Evan's not important. I just think, for me, I kind of have him stamped in as a guy that's, that's going to have a really good year. I think he's ready. Uh, if anything, he's been matriculating maybe too long in my mind, if you could say that. But I'm not worried about him. I, I think he's going to be really solid. I think he's going to slide in nicely in the top four for this team when it's all said and done. He's going to contribute in a very meaningful way with some nice consistency. Some of the things that plagued him early on, I could see those dissipating out of his game this year. So I'm pretty excited for him. But the X factor for me is on their decor, I would say is Duncan Keith. And it's not because we don't know Duncan's been a great guy, but do we know if he can come up with one more really, really good season? I believe he can, but I'm watching that more closely. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a risk than Evan Bouchard coming up with a good season. I, th- I feel like that's more of a lock with Bouchard. Hmm. He's ready. All right. Uh, another text is coming in. Uh, do you or Brian have an early eye on potential targets for the Oilers to solidify? Uh, and, and this text are saying they're, they're net at some point during the year. Now, uh, Ken Holland said yesterday on the show, Brian, that uh, absolutely if the Oilers were top eight, if you took a look at uh, Ken's track record in Detroit, he'd be prepared to trade the first-round pick. Uh, I, I said I could see the first-round pick being traded for a player that uh, has term left in his deal. I didn't say in goal. I want to wait and see what happens here. If the team, most people assume it's in goal, and I get that. I actually think Koskinen's going to bounce back and be much better than 899 this year. I don't know if Smitty can be 923. Give me your thoughts on, you know, uh, first of all, maybe what Edmonton needs to target. Does it 100% have to be goal? That's question number one. And is there a logic to the word getting out that Edmonton might be prepared to shop a bit for it with their first rounder? There is some logic, and I do think everybody knows where everybody's at. In in the past couple of years, I think Edmonton's been a little bit challenged to really consider moving first-round picks for reasons that have nothing to do with the current regime, uh, just had to do with the status of where the club's at. They have now kind of restocked the cupboards. They've got a little bit more currency that they could afford to give up, and I mean meaningful currency so they could go out there and make a big move whether it be for a goaltender or a top 4d right now those are the two things maybe a bigger more mobile top 4d 
uh, would be on the list. An upgrade in goaltending would be the other thing. It's way too early to even worry about that. There's so many different variables in this league. I'm curious to see maybe the changes that uh, the new rules have in terms of how people defend. I know that the Oilers are a well-structured team, um, but I'm curious to see what type of effect that has on them. Is it positive? Is it negative? I think it'll be positive for a group like the Oilers, Oilers particularly you know this back end that's more of a transitioning yep. D. You know, and that's that's my early take on it. But let's watch some games. This is what Ken Holland's going to do. He's going to be analyzing, thinking, meeting with his staff, trying to figure out when they get to the deadline if they're where I think they'll be. They'll definitely be thinking about trying to add. Uh, I, I feel like Ken is in a position to go all in this year, and he hasn't been there yet, not in his tenure, not in his two years. But now he is. And he's not a guy that's going to let Moss grow under his feet. I think he'll be really active if the team screams for it. But we're going to have to wait to see how that plays out. Very quickly, Brian, just in terms of your days as an agent, because I don't know whether or not, I mean, your two-year window as GM in Tampa Bay, if you did this, but we've had a couple people say, well, would they flip a guy like CeCe? They just signed Cody CeCe here to a four-year deal. Um you know, I, I know that doesn't please agents when that happens, when a guy commits to a marketplace and turns around and it's, you know, it's, it, I, I don't mean to be uh, rude to any of the listeners, but it's not fantasy baseball or fantasy football where you can just trade guys left and right. There is a human element. Give me a thought on that. Did you ever have a guy that you got committed into a market for long term and then within six months they turned around and traded him out of there? Nobody that I committed long-term to, but, you know, guys that we signed short-term. And it's just part of the business. Things change. It gets a lot more consideration in today's world than it did certainly when I was playing and even when I was managing. Um, and it should. That's the nature of the world now. But at the end of the day, if uh, the Oilers have a chance to better themselves and Cody doesn't have protection in his contract, and Ken Holland thinks it's a difference maker. I think he's making that move all day long. I don't think he wants to. They didn't sign him with that intent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of explaining. There's a lot of hand-holding, believe it or not, that goes on behind the scenes if you have to go down that path. Um, but it's not undoable. That's for sure. You could get that done. And a lot of times what happens, Bob, that people forget is that players don't want to be in situations if they're not playing or being used properly and they right. could tell. Those are the reasons why a change might be made. Uh, it's way too early to, you know, even have this conversation. Uh, Cody CC is I just a texter it, suggested. It's just an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an example. Yeah, a texter who you know is a big fan of the club, which I get, who watched a guy come in and certainly have some adjustment issues through the preseason. That is not uncommon. New team, new schemes, you name it. Uh, that happens all the time. That's why we don't always let fans run teams. Did you, during uh, just during your time with Tampa Bay, did you ever have a, a, a trade offer come in where you just immediately said yes? We said, you know what, that makes sense, let's do this. Or did you always, like I've heard that there's some managers that never, you know, they always want to at least, you know what, let me think about that for uh, you know, half a day or what was there a situation where it just made so much sense? You just went ahead and did it. Boom. It's done. 
Um, the only one that I did that was kind of like that was for Teddy Purcell. Yep. And it was really personal for me. I was trading a guy that used to be a client when I was an agent, just to so, show you how convoluted <laughs> things can get. Jeff Alpern. Yep. And I, it actually ha- it happened twice. It happened once with Jeff Alpern. We traded him for a third-round pick and Teddy Purcell, who I had liked a lot as a college free agent. So that was just a go for me. And then the other one was uh, Evgeny Artukin. We traded him for uh, 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 Dean Miller and a third-round pick, and he was a guy I liked. Ryan was a client. Uh, his brother never was, but in any event, uh, yeah, those two times it absolutely happened. Most of the time it does. It's a long, drawn-out process. People make a lot of BS offers. Um, you have to kind of work through that, uh, but eventually occasionally you do get those things done but there's a lot of would you would you do this would you do that and a lot of times they're just total bs and it's really frustrating as a general manager to be fair to the general managers out there today they are going through cap hell right now yes most of the teams every day when i talk to different gms that is the number one topic that comes up is how difficult it is to get things done how much special how more specialized it is even to the point where you know some of the gms they don't even care anymore about you you see all these transactions with guys guys that maybe fans aren't familiar with that aren't going to play but it has to do with the cap particularly around lti and maximizing the amount of dollars so it's, it's a lot more challenging today i feel for guys um but every once in a while, you do get some things that you go, yeah, that makes sense. I'll do that. There you go. There you have it. Brian, love having you on the show. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. That's our Oilers Now headliner, Brian Lawton, for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roost Crest Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roost Crest Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Ninety-nine ninety. Uh, Jasper Avenue, Roos Chris, open 5 to 10 p.m. Wednesday through Sunday. Second hour of the show, we will get to our Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers coming up. Uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.